Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Good, good morning. Apparently it's welcome back. I thought we were just starting. I, I might have missed the first 20 minutes. That's okay. But welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. We're here on SEN Track. And I think due to the, um, the wonderful technological genius of my producer, Michael Thompson... We've got Dan Malicki on the line, and we're going to communicate a lot more freely than last week, I reckon. Dan, how are you, mate? I'm well, thank you very much, Chase. Yeah, lovely to uh, catch up with you again. Uh, This is another intriguing meeting, and we're going to learn a fair bit. There's a couple of races. That two-year-old, sorry, Darren's claiming, well, yeah, sorry, it wasn't Michael Thompson. Yep, sorry. Don't want to give credit where it's not due. Um, That two-year-old race in particular, I just found... It's just a nightmare, I think, for uh, for form analysts like ourselves. I would think, Dan. Uh, yeah, well, on the flip side, there's uh, there's a couple of races that uh, provide a bit of a headache, but uh, worth uh, taking an aspirin for. So <laughs> it it balances out pretty good. We've got two big nights. Um, that that free for all, though. I mean, now the rock and roll do's come out. It's it's disappointing, but that's the best free for all I've seen at Melton for years. Isn't it? Like, it's just incredible. It's amazing to think that we're still, uh, what are we, more than a month away from the, from the Victoria Cup. And, you know, if we get into State Raiders, which we will, maybe even one or two from New Zealand, it's going to be an even stronger race. But I think it reminds you how how difficult the last couple of years have been. Because um, sort of when you're in the middle of it, you probably can't conceive of how difficult the situation is having Victoria Cups not staged at the Metropolitan mm. Home of Harness Racing. But here you've got this field and all of a sudden it feels like the world's back to normal a little bit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it whets our appetite as well. Um, you were locking var art. We've got uh, one of the better paces that we've had for quite some time. And uh, while he's on the comeback, he looks like he's uh, not far off the mark. And a horse like Honolulu Bay, we don't know where his ceiling is at the moment, but he's ticked every box emphatically. Um, and are we underestimating the horses like Torrid Sane and Tango Tara? It's amazing their rise to prominence because they go all the way back to that infamous race, that, uh, that protest when uh, did he or didn't he uh, yeah. break stride. Oh, and, yes. uh, yeah. and they've just progressed all the way through to the top level. And uh, Torrid Sane's already beaten Lock and Varat last start. So they had to it. Uh, pity Rock and Roll Do's not engaged. We saw Better Be the Bomb uh, back to the fore last week, and he's drawn a much better barrier draw. And horses like Supreme Dominator, and we've got the Inter Dominion winner in there. He's probably going to be 100 to 1. Before Tom Lynch's um, kick over the goalpost last night, might have been the most controversial decision uh, in sport over the last couple of years because, amazingly, he did and didn't gallop all at the same time, which is an amazing feat for a horse to do. He did and he didn't race stride Torrid Saint. We're discussing, of course. Um, and what I love is the clash of styles, too. 
funnily enough, and we'll get to race one in a moment, but I love it when you've got, you know, two big headline horses in a race and they're very different. Amazingly, there's only a year between Lock and Varat and Honolulu Bay. Lock and Varat, Artie being six and Honolulu Bay being five. But it feels like uh, you've got one battle-hardened war warrior champion and another sort of glamorous young up-and-comer, doesn't it? Oh, there's no doubt about that. It's probably well put by you. Um, and they're both drawn the second line. Um, Lock and Varat, at least he's had a run back from a spell. And it's at 22.40 as well. So I think it's that that genuine distance. Um, yeah, look, there's a lot to look forward to. And, and look, that's the standout race. But it's a fantastic program. And you talked about Tom Lynch going over the goalpost last night. Um, I didn't see one footballer uh, close to him, one teammate close to him that thought it was a goal. But but at least for all the Richmond supporters, when the final siren went, they got to hear their own theme song for the first three seconds. That was extraordinary stuff, wasn't it? It, <laughs> it, uh, it can happen. Um, yeah. Right, let's get stuck in. Race one on the program. I'm hoping – well, this is where we start to convince each other, hopefully, Dan, and I'm hoping you're on the same page as me because my best yeah. bet on the card is Box of Chocolates. I'm just thinking – I know you've been a big advocate of the fact you believe this mare goes significantly better when she's able to find the front – I know she's drawn outside the front row, but I just think, would anyone want her pulling and reefing and tearing outside of them off the front line? I'm hoping not. Yeah, over 17.20, it just depends how quickly she's on the scene because Arden Roanoke, would they be prepared prepared to take the trail? I think that was more the key. Major Delico, he can get off the arm occasionally pretty quickly and Box of Chocolates has got to be right up on the gate ready to go at um, I, it makes a huge difference. It, it's one race where Box of Chocolates, I know you rated her at $2.20, but effectively, if she didn't lead, she's at $7 pop, isn't she? Well, she is. And amazingly, well, maybe not amazingly, she is $2.20 at the moment on the fixed odds market. But uh, you're right. It, it, sometimes you get a situation, there'll be a few down the track where there's multiple scenarios that can work out well, but Box of Chocolates, it's plan A, and that's it. It's Chris Alford versus Nathan Jack. There's a bit going on here. The question mark is, and I'm assuming you are factoring in quite significantly the scenario where she doesn't lead, who's the best sweeper? I thought that Hugo Rocks was probably the major danger under those circumstances. Yeah, look, I was looking at Hugo Rocks and Magic Mike as being yep. those two horses drawn the back line, um, thinking that she may well be vulnerable and maybe anything else that tries to keep her out. But it's 1720, and the flip side to that is... Uh, if if no war speed uh, occurs in the first you know three or four hundred meters, they can actually get that cheaper quarter. So if she gets across and leads, a box of chocolates gets across and leads in a twenty nine, which is not uncommon, and then the next quarter's thirty, um, it's got to make it difficult for Hugo Rocks and Magic Mike, and a massive advantage for box of chocolates, who then becomes probably a dollar seventy shot, I would imagine. So. Um, yeah, crucial part of this race is the first couple of hundred metres, I think. Um, and that's what makes harness racing exciting, doesn't it? Because uh, the winning move in a harness race could be at the very start. It could be right in the middle. Um, it's not often uh, the last hundred metres. The winner's known uh, usually uh, by the latter part of the race. But the winning move, the crucial aspect to who wins and who can't win the race can be at any stage in the running. And I think in this race, the key part is going to be that run to the first turn, particularly for Box of Chocolates. But I've put her on top. Um, she's my favourite. 
Did you like that? It's <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, for, there's that in Forrest Gump. So you've got you've gone with the uh, with part eight. Yes, on yeah. top box of chocolates. So uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm probably haven't got the same confidence that you have got, but uh, it resonates with me what you're saying as the most likely scenario. So I've got seven on top, and it must be the same with punters as well. She's going well. That's the key, isn't it? She's going well, and you know she's more advantage when she can lead, and. That may, that's the likely scenario. So seven on top, uh, 10 Magic Mike, nine Hugo Rocks, and they're more sit sprinter run on types. So their chances are actually better if Box of Chocolates doesn't get across in the early part. If she does lead, they mightn't even be able to run second and third because the race mightn't suit them. But I thought they were other winning chances with a different um, uh, scenario in running. And, and I've put in... Um, the the one bud side winder he's going well he's oh. always a chance to run top four so seven ten nine and one he's just flying isn't he just wants a race our uncle Jim's in the same boat um uh, Katie Rockenberger in the cart there her and Jeff Webster I think they're still going from uh, from last night that was an extraordinary lead time they put so um, box of chocolates at two twenty how do we bet the race because the one thing I'll say is Hugo Rocks and Magic Mike you've outlined them they're the other two I'm putting in the first leg of the early quaddy. And at $7.850, even though Box of Chocolates is my best of the night, backing them both seems attractive because Arden Roanoke, for mine, he keeps coming up shorter than I think he should. He's $6.50 here. And for him, I can't work out what the good scenario is. So if he leads, I think he's going to cop pressure. And if he takes a trail behind Box of Chocolates, I don't think he can win. So being able, for me, being able to rule him out gives you a few more betting options in the first. Oh, I think so. Um, oh, look, he's he, he's only that short because it's likely that he'll yeah. probably be on the pegs leading or behind the leader. And and you know, 300 metres after the start, if he is in one of those positions, whether you have liked him previously or not, you, you would have to factor in him being a chance because he's got to be in the place where he's going to be most effective. Um, I agree with you. I just wasn't sure he was strong enough to uh, sustain uh, some uh, maybe better perform horses out sprinting him over the last 200. But uh, I could be wrong. I'm still working for a living. Uh, I often have been. Um, but, look, his four meshes up pretty good uh, and he can give a race. I just thought there was a few others one-on-one that were better than him. I went seven, nine, ten and one. So we're singing from the same hymn book in the first as we go to the first break in the Friday form panel, what is your favourite chocolate, Dan? Actually, I don't eat chocolates. This might surprise you. I'm not a chocolate person, if you like. Um, no, I, I don't actually have one. If, if I was pushed to make a decision, I'd say no. Turkish Delight, but usually Turkish Delight without the chocolates the way I prefer them. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I, uh, I'm not much of a chocolate person either, but I am partial to a flake and anything with coconut. I don't want a cherry ripe or a bounty. It sounds like I am a chocolate person all of a sudden. We'll go to a break. Come back very soon. More Friday form panel. Dan Malecki, J-Bond coming up. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Can't remember that. Is it TLC? Is that Destiny's Child? Aaliyah, I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Friday form panel, Dan Maliki, J-Bon, and we're through one race and very similar opinions. Box of chocolates on top of maybe some value around the nine and the ten. Hugo Rocks and Magic Mike. Race two, Captain Belisario. Um, I don't know if you get like this, Dan, but sometimes when you haven't seen 
you sort of forget about whether good horses have gate speed sometimes when they haven't had to use it or drawn good gates. I had to go back and sort of test out the theory that Captain Balisario would lead this race. I'm pretty confident that he will, and he's just outstanding. That that last start win was absolutely breathtaking, in my opinion. I don't know what it was like for you, but I just thought it was an amazing victory. Well, you know, my theory is horses fresh, drawn wide back line. Um, yeah. You can count on one hand the horses are capable of doing it, and the ones that usually do are pretty good. I think he's pretty good. I always thought he was pretty good, and uh, and I do think he'll be able to lead. And um, you know what? I think he'd win the race regardless whether he led yeah. or whether he didn't. I think he's just too good. He is, weirdly enough, and I'm, I'm just postulating a devil's advocate theory here. Um, I spoke to Jack Law on Burning Questions yesterday. He sort of debunked it in his own mind, and probably there's no merit to it. But Captain Belisario, his two biggest wins came during that regional racing period from last to first at Beckley Park, Geelong, and again last week, where he does nothing and flies home. He did get beaten by Sahara Sirocco. Admittedly, it was a trial, but he led there and got run past a Knights Templar, who is a good horse. We'll talk about him later. He ran past Captain Belisario under race conditions one night at Cranbourne when he led if there's one little tiny doubt, so he's $1.50, in my opinion, he's basically a $1.20 chance. And if there was one infinitesimally small doubt in my mind, it's that he's actually maybe not quite as good when he's in front. Oh, possibly, yeah. He might need something to follow, and that would be even better for him. That, and that's why I'm not so concerned whether he led or not. I do think he'll lead, though. I think he's just got that natural gift of, of that, that gate speed where he could be used up early. I guess he hasn't had a lot of racing. Um, there's, there must have been some sort of concerns because the gap between the Warrigal run and the Melton run. Mind you, he was on song both occasions. He broke the track record when he won first up in that mm. Eastern Challenge. That was a good field, and he beat Knights Templar. Uh, he had the barrier draw. Um, he's not the perfectly uh, cadenced pacer, uh, but he's a good horse, and he's still getting better. Form around the likes of a Bondi lockdown and beyond delight. That stands up in a race like this. He simply should be winning. I, I was like you. I thought he would be much shorter than a dollar fifty. Um, that doesn't always mean they'll win, uh, but I, I think he's a horse that's still uh, getting better. And we'll see more of him as he gets uh, week to week racing through the course of this preparation. Pull the other leg. Um, look, he's been very impressive in in what he's been able to do uh, in his two starts today. Naturally, this is this is a lot tougher for him, but I can see him measuring up. He's got a head full of confidence. Um, he's led in both of his runs, and he's obviously got gate speed without being a brilliant beginner, and he might be able to test the issue. And look, one of those scenarios could be Captain Belisario leading and then sitting behind, pull the other leg. Um, how... How likely that scenario is, I don't know, but it's one I've factored in as a possibility. It's not going to disadvantage Captain Belisario, and it might advantage pull the other leg. But if pull the other leg had to sit without cover, uh, naturally it's more challenging. Uh, but he's a pretty handy horse, so I've put him in for second. I don't know what to make of I'm often gone. Um, always in the market. Mm. I, I'm not finding enough reasons why I should keep putting her in, but we always know that at her best she is capable so I've thrown her in for third, uh, Cobber from the good gate uh, for four, three, four, seven, and uh, and one. Uh, but I'd be a little surprised if Captain Belisario got beaten, simply because I think he's a very good horse. He, I, like, I'm confident he's he's um, outstanding. And I, I admit, I think you. I was at Melton one night on Trotsvision, and I reckon you and uh, and Rob Orber were both onto this horse 
real early doors. And uh, I've, I've been happy just to move into the apartment and take over residency, not paying rent, because uh, he's my he's actually my favourite horse going around in Victoria at the moment. And, like, to watch him, it's just his speed, how long he can hold it for, um, how quickly he can make up his ground. Uh, he's, he's a wonderfully gifted horse, and hopefully... Whatever those little niggles are, if there are a couple of little injury issues in the background that have precluded him having more starts or more continuity of racing, hopefully they don't stop him reaching the top because I think that's where he's headed. I've got him on top. Um, Unfortunately, and they do this, the little dastardly people, they've taken away the place prices for this race. But last night, Cobber was $2.65 a drum. And if... What I think is the most likely scenario, you see this time and again at Melton and everywhere, really, Dan, but the perfect formula recipe for peg domination is the best horse being in front, isn't it? Because if Captain Belisario gets there, no one's really going to want to test him. If Cobber can hold up behind the leader, I thought if, if it ever reappears magically on the screen that 265 is available, even though we've both marked him fourth, Weirdly, I think he's an amazingly good place bet at two sixty five because we've seen this movie before. Yeah, yeah. I look, you're right. It makes perfect sense that, and we see it time and time again. Um, that will be the case, and, and therefore you can get that overs of a price on that horse at this stage, except when they don't put the place prices up. That's <laughs> really it's it's quite frustrating. Uh, well, your numbers three, four, seven, and one. They were. We were in direct accordance. This is beautiful. Seeing from the same hymn book again. Surely we'll disagree with eight more races to go, but three, four, seven, and one, I think it's a good exotic betting race. And um, it's just a shame for a couple of horses here. I'm often gone. He's going well, but she just lacks tactical now. So an Aussie playboy, we've both left him out. I reckon he's racing in career best form. It's one of those races yeah. when you get a Captain Belisario, it just is frustrating because you can't include them all. But Aussie playboy's flying. It just doesn't feel like the right scenario for him. Yeah, yeah. Look, you're right. I, I probably haven't given him the credit he deserves. He's going uh, really well. And now that you've brought it up, I, I feel as if I should have put him in uh, to the top four. But it more more of the reasoning behind it is the example that you just gave. If the favourite does get to the front, you'll want to be on the pegs. He might follow through on the pegs to be a chance of running third and fourth, but he could also be four or five back. All right, let's go for a break in the Friday form panel. Three, four, seven, and one from both Dan and I in race two on the card. Back very soon. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Push up, isn't it? That's correct. Uh, right, we move on to race three. There's been a lot of concurrence early here, but this is a place where I really need us to align Dan Malecki. Um, treacherous Rock. Now, a couple of the guys on Burning Questions, uh, Jimmy Herbertson and Andy Gath, both had a perfect dance as their best in the program. I was super keen. I've marked Treacherous Rock a lot shorter than uh, $2.60, which he's currently play- paying on the fixed odds. I marked him at $1.90. Are we thinking similarly here or not so much? This is a tricky race for me. I, I did narrow it down to three chances. Uh, a perfect dance, Hurricane Hustler and Treacherous Rock. Yep. Perfect dance has got a pinch on for running second, but it's going really well and has got a, a, a very good barrier draw. I like the way Hurricane Hustler's going. That run against Runaway Celebrity was, was very good. 
um, albeit a runaway celebrity, was probably a bit plain in winning. And Treacherous Rock was huge last start, but he worked really hard and possibly will have to again. I I sort of thought, when I looked at race three and I couldn't make up my own mind, I thought, oh, this is good. I'll pick Jason's brain here. Um, and I settled on Hurricane Hustler. And I, I tell you why I said on Hurricane Hustler, I thought if Treacherous Rock, remember he sat without cover last start, he may end up in a similar position and Hurricane Hustler may benefit from that and get the cover as opposed to being exposed. So that's why I went for the five from the seven and three, not with a lot of confidence though. Um, and there are others like Talent Agent and even Over the Odds who can come out running and make it pretty interesting early. Yeah, tough race. All right, I'm going to come back in and, and try and prosecute my case for Treacherous Rock when we return. That's the hard out music. Bit of news, find out what's happening in the world back in a moment. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Maroon 5. Right. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Dan Malecki and Jason Bonington. And I'm about to, um, if you could take your seat, Dan, I'm about to prosecute my case for Treacherous Rock. Um, judge, jury... Maybe executioner. Here's what I've got to say. So this is the reason I'm so keen on treachery. Well, there's a couple. I don't think... Well, I'll ask you the questions. Could any of these other runners, including Hurricane Hustler, have gone 156-4 over the middle, winning in the manner that Treacherous Rock did last time out? I think no. I think that's a safe no. Um, Going back through his form. Now, he is a funny horse, but going back through his form... Uh, six starts back, beaten four metres by Von Art. That's outstanding form for a race of this nature. Five starts back, beaten three metres by Give It A Try. Um, then the run after that, beaten five metres by Gilligan's Island when Gilligan's Island controlled the race. I just think he's he's um, he, he's got a bit more depth to him than the remaining runners. And I'm going to use um, I'm going to use a Dan Malecki um, adage or. Uh, something you advocate for strongly back on you here, that that last start win, you just wonder, it had been a while between drinks since he was first past the post, mm. and whether now he's, you know, he's got the taste of blood back as well. Yeah, the confidence factor, I like that. Um, look, if someone was standing up uh, in court <coughs> to the judge for being accused of stealing a, a bar of chocolate, well... Vanicum now, we've got them hung, drawn and quartered. It's game over. Um, I feel like wanting to swap now. Everything you said makes perfect sense. You know, that last bit of info was the crucial aspect because he hadn't won for a long time yeah. and I think we were putting him into the category of being a bit of a non-winner. But the other day was everything but. It was the complete opposite, wasn't it? It was dominant, worked hard, raced away, time was fast. Everything was terrific. If you isolate that one run, he probably should be a dollar fifty. And they might like I know they've driven him aggressively before, but I reckon they might have worked him out a little bit more again as well. Where you know he, he we don't we don't like about, to talk about horses getting punished, but he he likes to do it the hard way. And you just wonder if he's just drilling throughout here, whether a perfect dance or Hurricane Hustler or anybody else can probably resist him if he's in the mood that he was in. Last time out, I, I think he wins. So I reckon he's overs at 267, 5, 3, and 4 for me in the third. Now, 
Yeah. I need you to help me with this two-year-old race. I mean, this is as tough as it gets. So you've got four runners uh, fresh up from a break. One of them hasn't trialled. One of them who had great form in New South Wales and Sweetheart Bart, I thought trialled very plainly on Tuesday. Though Andy Gath, uh, I've spoken to him a couple of times that he believes there's a reasonable chance that he can turn him around. James McPherson's told us on radio he's got a very good opinion of El Camino. I ultimately settled on rock and roll gig, but I've got very little idea, Dan. If you could help me, I'd be greatly appreciative. Uh, it, I like El Camino. Um, right. His very first start, he was he was unlucky. He got held up when the first and second horses dashed away, and then he was held up. Now it was his first start, regardless of where he finished, should be forgiving. But he would have been much closer to the first and second horse. Second start, he was terrific. He sat without cover, hustled them. Too good. Plenty of raw ability. Next start, he galloped, did everything wrong. Total put the pen through. Late in last start, he was like a jet. He sat without cover and he put them to the sword and won by half the straight. He's a really nice type of horse. Don't know where his ceiling is. I don't know how good he is, but he's hard fit and with ability. So that's got to be an advantage here with uh, every one of his rivals bar one. Um, cheers to lose race fit. The rest of them are all first up from a spell. Val Camino can't beat this group of two-year-olds tomorrow night. He's got to struggle in the future. And I think he's a pretty good horse. Um, it wasn't a difficult decision. I haven't seen him in the flesh, but I, I've liked what he has done. Um, in his two wins, he's looked a good horse. Two times he didn't win. Absolutely genuine excuses for why he didn't win or, or certainly for why he failed. No problem in me deciphering he's my top selection. And then it was a matter of trying to work out horses and how forward they were that have trialled well enough that on the back of their form last prep, how much improvement they may have made. And, and I've almost got every other runner in that race mm. um, as an equal second pick. I, I'm not sure which way to go, but um, I've, well, put it this way. I had no problem picking El Camino and my numbers are five, three, six and one. But oh, yeah. I'm keen on the five. I was a little disappointed, actually, when I saw the price. I thought, I think I found one here, and then saw $2, and I thought, oh, I'm going back to bed now. So, <laughs> <laughs> And it was only 10.30 in the morning. Um, uh, yeah, you've turned me around. So if I have turned you around with uh, Treacherous Rock, you, have, you yep. have produced a compelling case there, and with conviction. Um, and, and that's on top of James McPherson himself. I know he's only a young man, but he's – had a bit of experience, and he, he really likes this horse. So, yeah, he'll probably win Mel Camino. I did – I have liked the trials of the, of Rock and Roll Gig, and I think he's quite a nice cut of a horse as well. And I just wonder here, with no one really knowing what anybody else is going to do, it might be a small field, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go a little bit berserk through the early stages, just trying to work each other out. Vikings got gate speed. Sweetheart Bar typically goes forward. Uh, Al Camino is going to want to be there and maybe press for the front if it's there. Probably game over. If it's not, then you've got speed on with the favourite potentially not getting where he wants to be. So I thought Rock and Roll Gig was um, – he was my early top tip, but I think I've, I've switched around now with El Camino on top of Rock and Roll Gig. You've, you've got me. Doug's platter in for third. Uh, I don't like that he hasn't trialled. I, I tweeted about this during the week. I'd love to see them – Try when they've been off the scene, when the young horses are, they've been off the scene for a while, so we at least get a guide as to where they're at. I know that's asking a hell of a lot, but I tend to do that. And number one, Viking, I've always thought he had some ability, and he did beat Rock and Roll Gig at the trials. So I'm now going five, six, 
Four and one. That's a bond's prerogative to change his mind, and that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> we move on to the quaddy. This is outside the, 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 the Minuteman free-for-all. In my opinion, this is the race of the night. This is a belter, Dan. Yeah, it is. It's a tough race to uh, be confident on something. I was hoping Mighty Flying Art might be a little bit better than $5, um, but uh, he's flying. I made a case for him last week, and I reckon with a little bit of clear running, he would have been right in the mix. And yet he had a crack for the early lead. So I'm going to stick with Mighty Flying Art. But um, I thought it was a tough race. And being the first leg of the, the quaddy, I'm not sure. Like, I could even make a case for Finn Frost, Jace. I think the horse, his last few starts may not suggest, you know, figure form wise that he's going that well. But he's actually not going that badly. Knight's Templar, the draw, where does he end up there? Because it, potentially I could have a, a few horses that are going to cross him. Uh, he's a very good sit sprinter, but he also might get the cheap run, possibly end up leaders back, but he could be three back the inside, which I thought maybe $3.30 fixed odds at the moment was a little bit of unders, but clearly a, a winning chance, a good horse. Um, six on top, uh, mighty flying art. Um, I really like where he's at at the moment. Uh, won't be that easy. I'm, I'm not suggesting he'll just breeze across and lead, but I think he's a good chance of getting to the top. He's a good sit sprinter as well. He seems to settle much better when he's got a helmet to follow, but he can make his own luck. Wouldn't like it if he got exposed outside the leader. Um, I think I've put Knights Templar in for second, but I just wasn't sure if it, if he could do enough early and, and take the trail. Love and a Chevy gets out pretty quick. Major Meister got off the arm pretty well. Um, Last week, uh, Blitzen, uh, back in form, which is good to see. Good quality three-year-old from about this time last year. Uh, six, one, five. Western Sonyador should trail the pegs, even from four back to the inside. You know who won the Minuteman free-for-all last year, Jase? Sounds like it might be Western Sonyador. Yeah. Does that come as a bit of a surprise? When and not the fact that he's won good races previously, but maybe where he is now compared to 12 months ago? Oh, 100%. Like, mm. I, um, you can go further back than that. And he had a couple of really good stashes with Hurricane Harley. And the, he went up and and uh, tried to qualify for uh, Miracle Miles. Like, he, he's clearly got the ability, but it's everything that you always talk about. It feels like he's just racing with zero confidence. I'm not sure I can see anything physically about him that suggests that he's, that he's dropped away. It's just like he just... He doesn't have the mojo at the moment, does he? No, he, he doesn't. Um, I thought his first up run was really ordinary, but his runs since haven't been that bad without a lot of luck. So uh, I wouldn't even rule him out here because he didn't get much of a crack in that better be the bomb race, but I reckon he had the right sort of run for both a fitting run, a confidence type of run, without getting much of a look at them. His last two have, have been similar. So from the pegs, even from full back the inside, uh, presuming that they stick to the peg line running, and he mightn't be that back. He could be three back, but let's say he's four back the inside. He, he can be a horse that's closing off and run top four. Right? I think his last couple, even though they're a seventh and a eighth, they were much better runs than his first up fifth. This is uh, one of those races, already, you know, in the best bets, well, I know we don't have track bias really in harness racing, but in, in best bets for the thoroughbreds, you'd have your on-pace dominated top three or four, and then if it's a run on track, who the top three or four are, well... This is that kind of race, I reckon, where yeah. if you can work out that, that they're going to settle into their formation and not much is going to happen, well, the race is limited to probably a few winning chances, but the whole world opens up if they go berserk, if Mighty Flying Art doesn't find the front, 
if um, I think Major Meister will get across Knights Templar. I don't think Finn Frost or Lovin' a Chevy will. Then the decision for Major Meister after a a, a a good but probably not outstanding run second up from a break. How much have you improved? Do you want to try and hold out Mighty Flying Guard? Can you even hold him out for speed in the early stages? All of that factors into the equation, I reckon. I've got a soft spot for Knights Templar. Um, it got real soft last start. I thought he was disappointing. He was back in the field, and I, I just thought he, he, he'll swamp these. And he didn't do it, and I'm just wondering exactly where he's at at the moment. Pole marking draw. I'm with you. Behind the leader, I think he's the winner. Three poles. I still think he can win, but he'll need some tempo. Mighty Flying Art is flying. If he does find the front, he's going to be awfully difficult to beat. And even if he does not, I reckon he will be exposed outside the leader because you get the funny feeling Blitzen's got to come around at some point anyway. So you feel like things are going to work out for Mighty Flying Art one way or t'other. Uh, and then I'm out to Blitzen, who was a really good winner last start, perpetually underrated, as you mentioned, place getter in the derby last season. I'll tell you, there's a couple of big odds here for the run-on part of the best bets here, Dan. Like, Enchanted Stride is 18-4, and four, and even if you don't want to back her to win, if they go berserk the $4 a place after running 7.2 metres behind Better Be The Bomb last time out with horses like, you know, Rock and Roll Do and Willie Go West... It's amazing how much draws factor into prices, isn't it? Because she, based on that performance alone, if this was a thoroughbred race, she can't be 18 and 4, in my opinion. Yeah, and you're right. And you look at, if anything, if she, look, this, this is a good race, but she was up against the um, probably a race that had even marginally more depth last week, but it was a brutally run race, and that's probably what she needs here. But... Yeah, I agree. You could make a case for her. You could make a case for Kaki Nui with a with a with a right run because he comes out of the same race as Enchanted Stride and finished within a couple of meters of it, or about five meters of it. Uh, and Crime Rider, a horse Crime that we haven't Rider. mentioned, yeah. um, you know, I feel guilty not leaving him out because he was terrific behind Mighty Flying after an, after an excellent campaign um, in Queensland. But he is a, a horse that can get back and he can finish off really strongly. But probably going as good as I've ever seen him go. Where do we factor them all in? Um, because it's the first leg of the quaddy, um, it's a quaddy leg where you might have to have your A quaddy, your B quaddy and your C quaddy and not leave out any horse and have field at least in one of them to make sure you're alive because your ninth pick could win and you don't want to leave it out. You know it could win with the right circumstances. So... It's a challenging race, but at least it's a really good race, the first leg of the quad. It's a cracker. You know what I'm like. I'll have eight through L quaddy. So one, six, five, and four <laughs> for me. Uh, but I do think the best bet in the race, personally, even though I've gone one, six, five, and four, and it's not there, is a place bet only on number 10, Enchanted Stride. Break time, Friday form panel. Kicking off your weekend, trying to find your winners for tomorrow night at Tabcorp Park, Melton. And right at the back end, we'll talk about the great action tonight at Tabcorp Park, Group 1 racing as well. Back in a moment, break time. SEN Track, Friday Form Panel, Trot's Life. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499-736-736. King of Wishful Thinking. It's actually a belter for some of this. What's the name of the band again? It's a singer. Go West. Yeah. Don't know Watson would know exactly what year they came. I reckon it was about 93. I'll go. Right. Pretty Woman soundtrack, was it? You would know that, Tom Bank. You're, a, you're an unusual character. Right. 
Five races down, five races to go. Friday form panel, Dan Malecki and J-Bon with you now. The Wolf is... I wrote the form comment here for the Matriarch Pace final. If you're doing it completely mathematically, um, the Wolf probably wins the race, but racing isn't mathematical, really, is it, Dan? I, I personally think... I'm glad I didn't know that Jeff Webster wasn't 100% happy with Doug's bait before... Um, the heat of the series mm. because I just was ready. To, I was declaring her. I thought she. I couldn't believe that she even went around the price that she did. But now that we've seen the evidence that she is back on track, I just tend to think she's the best horse in the race and will win at three dollars eighty. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, yeah, it wasn't much of a race last week though, was no. it? It was just a sprint up the straight and. Um, the, the barrier draws this time around. I, I think of it favoured the wolf and it'll be fitter and all that sort of stuff. I'm still trying to work out which horse might lead and, I, and I've come back to smooth debate because mm. I think the wolf will need a trail. Um, but you're right, Doug's babe. Um, I, I don't know if it didn't really prove anything. We thought she was a good thing and she got the job done. So mm. it ticked that box. But um, we did find out afterwards that uh, Jeff wasn't that happy with her, Jeff Webster. Um, so she's come through it well. She's got to have improved since that run. But um, we feel like it was the one we got away with um, from a tipping perspective and maybe even a punting perspective. And, and not dissimilar to Doug's babe. I thought Runaway Celebrity was a bit plain. She was there to win and she didn't really find the line in my eyes. She, she was not that good winning her start before, but she was excellent prior. Um, Mark Pitback and the Sulky, does that make a difference? Don't know. I found it a, a difficult race to try to assess and I'm, I'm struggling to come up with another horse that I think, well, you went good last week. You put the riding on the wall. I don't mind being on you at the good odds. So tricky race, bigger field because those two heats of this race last week were much smaller fields. But I think the Wolf has got a bit of improvement in it from a good gate, should get to the pegs, get the right run and Let's face it, it was able to make up a metre or so on Doug's Babe in an extraordinarily quick last few hundred metres. So I've tipped to the Wolf, the Wolf on top of Doug's Babe Runaway Celebrity. And class-wise, the 11 and 13 stand out. Um, 2, 11, 13, and Nikki Nana, who's going so well, has not missed the top three this preparation. So got to be a chance again, and maybe an outside hope, a bit of a blowout chance if you're taking... Uh, Quaddies 2 11 13 and 1. Not super confident, but it was more a barrier draw decision um, that I've come up with uh, the Wolf. She wasn't able to run down uh, Little Red Riding Hood uh, last week. It was sort of the scenario we thought that that might happen. And, and you know, when Mick Bellman's in front like that, he, he can, as, he can uh, get it down Pat Carney, and, uh, and he was able to do that by being in front. But this time, um, I don't think Doug's babe will be working to the lead, do you? I don't think so. No, I'm with you. I think that the wolf will lead early and then uh, and then smooth the bait gets the top. And I actually think this is okay news for Doug's babe because then Doug's babe, depending on tempo, can come with one long sustained run over 800 metres or make the mid-race move to park out in transit. And I just wonder, And look, don't get me wrong, smooth the bait was good, stepping up in grade last weekend. But Doug's babe... The risk you take when you're in the position that, that we both believe the wolf will be in is that you are dependent on the horse in front of you to carry you where you need to go. And I just wonder whether Mick Bellman can't put the foot flat to the floor at some point and create a bit of hold up the momentum of um, of the wolf at some point. And also, look, yeah, when they're running home 26 and change in the final quarter, the wolf was good. And I, I, there's no doubt she's going to win races here. 
But Doug's baby, go back to her previous form. And I kind of even think, Dan, that that first up run, if they weren't happy with Doug's babe, she's only been beaten by all shook up by six metres. And then, mm. and then again, we talk about the confidence factor. Just being able to rip home in 26 and win like that, I feel like, yeah, I, I, you can't tell whether it's a Doug's babe that we saw last season, but I tend to think the score on the board is there and that she's the best horse in the race. Uh, well, Runaway Celebrity is the other one that's there, but I'm with you, but probably even more damning about Runaway Celebrity. So the trial before she turned up this preparation was woeful. Then she ran a really nice race from back in the field, of course, in that um, uh, Mayor Sprint Championship final. But her win over Hurricane Hustler was very just, and she was, I thought, very, very plain last week. I, I, I'm still kicking myself for not backing out of Shingley. I made it my best value on the program, didn't have a Zach on, um, and a Zach Phillips on. And the win was actually pretty massive in the end because she was in a good position, but she got sort of spat out wide and out the back, turning for home, and still found a way to win. So I think she can win. And because I'm a coward, because I'm lily livid, I will throw Runaway Celebrity into my quaddy just in case. But I really, there's no indication at the moment, is there, that she's, she seems a long, long way off her best for mine. She was close enough um, last start on the turn. You felt that, or even if it was, it might have been an ugly win, but she should have won. And there were horses that came to her on either side. She just didn't finish it off. Sometimes you can get a feel, can't you, with yeah, horses. Yeah. Um, they want to find the line, and it's as if she didn't last week. But we know she's a lot better than that. Uh, do we be forgiving for a mare? Very sexist, equine <laughs> sexist thing to say, I know. But um, um, she is a lot better than that. We've respected her in a... In, look, if you went on <clears throat> the horse's best form in this race, runaway celebrity would be... $2.20, Doug's Babe would be $2.50, and the Wolf would be $10, yep. judging on, you know, the best of what was seen on them throughout their careers. But we blend that into current form and barrier draws, and the Wolf's, uh, what's the Wolf, a $2.50 shot. Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. absolutely spot-on assessment, I reckon, from you down there. Like, that that's, that's almost the exact market, isn't it? I mean, they're just... They're so far superior, and Runaway Celebrity probably is better than Doug's Babe, but I just can't have her at the moment. Tell me this before we go to the news. Can we make a case? I know she maps really poorly, but sometimes in these mares races, I'm more drawn, and uh, people will think this is wild because they say I'm obsessed with maps, but I'm drawn to just who's going well. And Ruby Wingate is definitely racing well. At $4.60 a place, maps poorly, but has the love bug Jimmy Herbertson there. I just wonder whether I won't get seduced into having something not to win, but straight out of place at $4.60 because she's going well. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, she is, and you could probably make a case for a few others. Better Robin's going to be fitter. Art of Sheng Lee, she going well. You picked her out last week. Um, and, uh, and I said Nikki Nana before as well. So I think you might well be on the money there. Again, we're making this quaddy. Uh, you said A to L. I think we're, gonna add, we're getting higher to S and T now. But... Um, you, my friend, my cartographer friend, um, there are a number of scenarios that could uh, work out here and we're challenging ourselves because there's nothing that stands out and they're usually good races to find a bit of value. Sometimes you get that inner feeling that this is the race where you could get the upset and it seems like both of us are feeling it could be that race. Maybe we'll go A through X. That's worth eight points and we might get a triple word score. We'll go for a break, find out what's happening in the world on the news and come back. We've still got four races to go and I've got one tip and I'm going to read out from Mitch Sidebottom as well coming up. 
Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. I want four, five seconds from Wiley. And we got three. That is four, five seconds, isn't it? All right. Friday Form Panel. We're having fun. Now, every Thursday we do Tomorrow night, Dan, and particularly in this Minuteman free-for-all. So we do four questions for the entire meeting. There's four questions per race. That's, that's, yeah. that, I mean, so, all right, number one, I, w- I just want to mention, finally some sanity has prevailed. I tweeted out during the week, I thought it was obscenely disrespectful. I know with the bad gate and fraction and everything, Bulletproof Boy was 151 and 18. Um, that's been rectified. It's now into 34 and 5. We've got the scratching of rock and roll due. All right, the first question here. Honolulu Bay. Now, I've, I've constantly um, had this uh, perspective and opinion that he's an even better horse off the second row or off the speed. Are we in concurrence with this? Oh, he's got blinding speed. Yes, certainly, I'm not going to offer an alternate argument. He might just be a good horse regardless of where he is, but he can make up ground fast. Um, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. Is he... Is the barrier draw here now? It couldn't have worked out worse, really, for Locke and Varad. Step up from seventeen twenty to twenty two forty is a tick. Having a run behind his belt after so long off the scene, a tick. But is the are they separated here? Not only the clash of styles that we discussed earlier, but has Honolulu Bay just got a massive advantage because of the barrier draws over Locke and Varad? In your opinion? I think if you were driving Honolulu Bay, you'd want to try to make it uh, an advantage and. Usually an advantage in a barrier draw is to be in front of your main danger. Would that not be right? Or, or be in front or underneath on the inside of your main danger. Absolutely. In this case, you know, keeping your main danger to your outside all of the way. So um, Onalua Bay comes off um, a, a few-week break. It's not anything significant. But then again, Lockenvarat second up from a break um, with bigger fish to fry mm. in the course of the next month. But they're pretty close to the mark. They have to be, don't they? So tactics will be obviously important. But if it comes down to a last 200-metre combination, war of attrition and sprint home, A, I want to be there to see it and call it. <laughs> and I'm happy for whatever result, you know, to work its own way out. I don't... I can't categorically say it'll be Lockenvar Art. Is he going to be a quarter of a run short again and he'll progress from that? Honolulu Bay in a similar situation. Um, the good thing is, and I reckon what makes it so exciting, Jace, I don't know. No, and, and it is that beautiful. So there's, there's so many questions here. So Lockenvar Art, um, how has he come through the run? We know he's had... Plenty of issues before it. He tries his guts out. And horses that try their guts out, even when they're maybe not 100%, that's when they can sometimes do damage. He's got to come through the first up run. Let's suggest that he will. Here's a big question. Honolulu Bay has won most of his races and gone through this progression with pure, raw, glamorous, beautiful talent. If he goes up to Lockenvarat, Lockenvarat's in the breeze. He gets the lead. 100 metres to go. Honolulu Bay looms up to him. Has Honolulu Bay got the intestinal fortitude, the warrior bulldog instinct, to put Lock and Varad away in that circumstance? 
Good question. Great. Want to be there to, uh, there to see it as well. Um, it's that's a, an interesting scenario, isn't it? And and the same for Lock and Varart. We saw him in a in to a degree. He did that first up when Tango Tara almost looked certain to run past him in the last hundred meters, but he lifted again. Yeah. So he he wants to find the line. Onalua Bay's won sixteen of twenty three. He knows where the line is. Gee, I'd love to see that scenario at the 100-metre mark to, to find out um, rather than try to be dogmatic about what I think would happen. But if that was the scenario, I would go $1.70 Lock and Varart would fight on and $2 that it was Honolulu Bay, mm. just with that scenario that you said. But I'd be happy to be wrong. I, um, for what it's worth, I'm... I'm I feel like I'm really confident about Honolulu Bay winning. I just think this scenario, we've spoken about bigger fish to fry. Lock and Varat's going to have to restrain at the start inside second line draw. I just think Honolulu Bay is going to get close enough. And that dazzling speed with Lock and Varat, I think still maybe one to two runs short of being absolutely cherry ripe because we know he loves hard yeah. racing. I've got Honolulu Bay on top. Um, but you mentioned right off the top, a couple of these front row runners, if they play Ducks and Drakes, even for a short time at the back, Torrid Saint, it's sort of hard to believe, isn't it, when you've had a horse like Torrid Saint who was, well, not a battler, but he's publicly school educated like myself. Um, and <laughs> sort of you, you, you've got an opinion, a long-term opinion of a horse, and it's very hard to shift it. But really what we saw from Torrid Saint last start, if he blazes across and finds the front again and they give him a cheapie, neither of those big guns off the second row might win. Yeah, look, and that's that's exactly right. We're looking into Lock and Varat and Honolulu Bay because they're pretty special horses. Yeah. But Torrid Saint, you can make a claim for. He beat Lock and Varat last start. Uh, Tango Tara was right on the heels of Honolulu Bay the start before. Supreme Dominator's beaten Tango Tara and Torrid Saint previously. Are we underestimating Supreme Dominator? He's a good horse. He's the other horse that can push forward in the early part. And he's tough enough as well. I tell you, there's a horse that's going really well. He probably can't win tomorrow night. I'd mm-hmm. love to see him one of those top-end claimers. Rack him up, Tiger yeah. Pie is going really well at the moment. Um, don't know where Ian Stanley is trying to uh, head to with him, but he's going much better. I'm just not sure he's at this level, but maybe he is from barrier one with the way the race could end up being run. Um, I couldn't have him in my top four, but he's going much better than a 101 shot would be. And you've already pointed out Bulletproof Boy, whether he could do it first up, I'm probably doubtful of. But again, war of attrition, last shot at them. He's done it before. Um, Yeah, an intriguing race. I don't want to underestimate Supreme Dominator, Jason. Are we? I mean, the market's not. Has the market overestimated him? I'm not sure. He's a good horse and he's taken some big scalps previously. And he's got the frontline drawer. And we're talking about advantage of barrier draws, the two favourites drawn the back row. Has he got the advantage on both of them? Is he good enough to beat both of them? Is that advantage of the barrier draw more helpful to his chance, the supreme dominator? I'm, I'm starting to think I shouldn't underestimate him. He's a better chance than what a lot of people are giving him. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, he's proven he can do it at this level. Um, my my only little little question mark, I think if you go back to his win at Tabcorp Park last start, which was a little while ago, I thought Tango Tara and Torrid Saint were arguably, if not better, than yeah. at least as good. Um, probably, I think, both were better, to be honest. And Supreme Dominator, we know 
there was a planned trip to America. He's had a little bit of time off the scene. That, they're my doubts around Supreme Dominator. Sure. Ultimately, I've settled on the numbers 10, 8, 7, and 4. And from everything I'm hearing from you, even though you're um, you're accusing yourself to some degree because uh, you yeah. want the spectacle, you are with Artie, aren't you? Could you tell? Yeah, I did just a little bit. Look, it's a tough one. Again, I'm not sure, but I did go lock and var art. Uh, eight from ten, uh, five, seven were my numbers. Um, it'll take a good drive from Nathan Jack, no doubt, and from Mark Pitt for that matter. Um, they're two, well, we know how good they are, how astute that they are uh, tactically for this race to play out. But they all also might learn from each other because we suspect it's the first of a number of clashes they might have. There's the Caduceus Classic next week at Group 1, the Victoria Cup a month away. Hopefully we do get to see them uh, have a number of uh, rumbles in the jungle, so to speak, thrillers and manillas, uh, and get um, four or five goes at it through the course of this preparation. Eight from ten, not certain. This One of those moments I'm, I'm pretty proud to be a race caller and the tipping aspect uh, becomes secretary and I rely on the experts like you. <laughs> oh, let's hope. <laughs> um, we'll go for a break, come back. We've got three races to get through and we'll do that. So we've got the three-year-old pace for the fillies and then uh, we won't take too long on the clamour. I wouldn't have thought in the last race in the program as a complete... What's a headache, isn't it? We'll need a neurofin after that. Three more races to get through. Friday form panel. We're having fun. Dan Malecki and Jay Bon here on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Hey, let me run out of that gear, Tom B. Um, Right, three more races to get through. Um, before the final break, then we'll come back with our best bets and uh, a very, very brief look at... The racing tonight at Tabcourt Park, Melton. Now, this three-year-old Phillies race, Andy Gath made the point on burning questions. Can you win your last four starts in a row and still not be quite in form? Um, yeah. I don't know where Petty Ons is at. So you go back to that that win over Amore Vita and his semi-final of the Breeders' Crown last season, middle trip 154-1. I don't think she's anything like that, yet she does seem like she's going to get the front. Having said that, even if she does find the front, I'd, I don't want to touch $1.60 even though I'm tipping her on top, Then. Totally agree with you. This is starting to get a bit scary, isn't it? Um, look, she's always been that lovely style of horse. I remember when she made a debut and she's really well put together. She she had a bigger body on her than a lot of other uh, young fillies around at the time. She looked like she had tremendous scope. And I'm not even. I don't even think she's got any better. But she keeps getting the job done. And there's there's an art form in winning, and there's an art form in losing. And yeah. You know, the old take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. Um, the fact that she's had a month between runs was probably more of a concern for me. Mm. But she's not the only one. Uh, the horses that are like an our little jet who's more race fit, little girl, she's drawn out wide. Aussie Joy, is she up to it? She could be. She's race fit. Beach Memories first up, trial well. Um, I'm trying to balance the... The positives and the negatives. Bottom line is Petty Ons at $1.60. I'm trying to find the horse. I want to find a horse I think can beat her, but I can't come up with anything with confidence and narrow win on that horse being the one. Um, but I wouldn't take that shorter price. So Petty on I've put Petty on on top. Um, from Look, Aussie Joy might be the horse at odds to give a chance to. Uh, she's going well. Beach Memories, um, Gypsy Princess from the draw. So I've 5, 6, 8, 1. It's another leg of the quaddy where 
it, uh, how comfortable would you be just going with Petty on in the last leg? I think you'd love to have at least a second or third favourite to give yourself a chance of, uh, of laying off. It's one of those races, but look, she won four in a row and... You know, winning form's good form, particularly with the girls. Um, but I'm like you. She's unders at $1.60. I'll be adding one more. And so my numbers are 5, 8, 3 and 7. <clears throat> now, I genuinely believe Beach Memories is going to turn out to be the best horse in this field. I, I really, really like her. If you go back, there were a couple of runs last season uh, where she didn't have a lot of luck when she was going through uh, Futurity Series. And the win in the silver of the Vic Bread was, I know it was only beating Sassiness, but did beat Heavenly Sign there. And did so in the style of a good horse. The trials have been very encouraging. You know, we're looking at the Wolf and thinking it's a nice horse. 56 flat lead, only just run down by the Wolf, um, an older mare. And then prior to that, blew the start by 25 or 30 metres in a trial at Shepparton and, and made a dramatic amount of um, late encroachment. So I'm, I'm going with five on top purely because of the map. But I think that Beach Memories is definitely the other one I'm including. Heavenly sign in for third, and then uh, and then our little jet. I think our little our little jet typically beats Heavenly sign home. It's more it's more draw based than anything else. Uh, my thoughts mm. there. So um, I don't know if I'll be launching into Beach Memories, but I think five dollars about her against a dollar sixty about Pediante makes the decision a hell of a lot easier. Now you were um, you don't often get uh, a little bit beside yourself, but that first up win back with Emma Stewart for Seletic. <laughs> Um, it, it makes you wish, and I've, I've mentioned this during the week, that he was in the Minuteman free-for-all to see exactly where he's at. Funnily enough, he'll probably win this race, but it shouldn't be underestimated, should it, Dan? 1,720 metres, small field, go back. It's not a fait accompli, I don't think. I think he'll win, but it's a more awkward circumstance than I think many understand. Well, last time over the a similar trip, Aussie Battler beat him. Yeah. Um, that was uh, at the end of July, but uh, and then went to, to Emma Stewart and, and put in that performance last start. I think we just want to see something similar again because yeah. um, it was breathtaking to watch. He sustained a sprint from about the 800 metres and um, Mark Pitt was pretty kind to him over the last 100 metres. Uh, it was an outstanding win and here's a perfect option for him to go around with, uh, go around in. Um, I... I can't because of the small field. I just can't see a scenario that doesn't suit him. Uh, Sicario, uh, the two. I've, I've tipped six, two, five, and one. I found it far more of a challenge to try and work out who I could run the, the Cronella and Trifecta in first four spots. But he's a dollar forty-five at the moment. On his last run, he's probably overs. We've got a bit of an amazing scenario here where you, the place prices at the moment seem bizarre. You can back a couple of them and. Get out of here if you find the right ones. I thought that Bernie Winkle was uh, a good place bet here, potentially. $3.20 the drum. If you go through the history of these re-inaugurated 100K claimers, well, Bernie Winkle, if Seletic's um, uh, Rafael Nadal, then uh, Bernie Winkle's Novak Djokovic. He's uh, He's been right there every single time, virtually. His last start performance behind Torrid Saint, who we know is going to be one of the favourites in the Minuteman free-for-all, was excellent. So I've got it in for second. Third, Sahara Sirocco, a newcomer to the claimers and Sicario in for fourth. Now, tell me this, before we get to the last race, is there any hope that Lightning can strike twice with Aussie Battler? I'm thinking surely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like you. Um, don't like to underestimate him, but no, I don't think this time. It'd have to be a certain scenario. Well, the thing is what they proved with Solidic last start, they can press the button a little bit earlier than you thought they might have been able to. So 
if they're going slow, Celetic's only going to be, what, three lengths off the lead, three and a half lengths off the lead, 20 metres tops. He made that 20 metres up in a blink of an eye last start, so he might have to stoke him up, get going, and then sustain a 26-8 final quarter. I, I think he can do that, uh, which means Aussie Battler can probably do it too, but not to, to, uh, to keep out a, a challenge from Celetic. I hope he does run along. We want to see a fast time, but I, I think no. No, no, I didn't. No, I can't see Aussie Button. It would it. certainly shock me. Uh, we've got about a minute before the final uh, the final break. We'll come back with our best bets. Race 10. Now, I, I do want to have a bet here. Again, in these second-tier Metro mains or one Metro win races, quite often I do throw the map out the window a little bit and look for who's going the best. I honestly think Monsieur Delacour is just going better than these. It's a, I know it's awkwardly drawn, 1,720 metres, but he's got gate speed. He's $5.50, and there's an old adage um, that the um, the emergency in the main race will win the consolation. Well, hopefully that works for one Metro win races because Monsieur Delacour, if it doesn't get a run on the first turns up here in the last, there has been a move, though, for Lombo Heaven, has gate speed. Maybe it leads and wins. What are your thoughts in the final event? Look, a challenging race. I thought American Alley, I know he got well beaten, and, and Frank's the, the treacherous uh, rocks uh, run uh, uh, chances in race number three earlier. Um, I've looked more into the race, but I just couldn't. Lombo Heaven could improve the better barrier draw. It's probably been against better opposition, but where's it at? I, I didn't want to risk it. I just thought American Alley at the price was worth having something on. I didn't mind the way it finished off last start. It was no match for the winner, but it was a decent effort just the same. So it was my value runner. Um, from Lombo Heaven, Balenciago, and Monsieur Delacour. And you make a, a good case for Monsieur Delacour. He does look well placed here. Um, he's got gate speed, but he's also finding the line really well of late. So he doesn't have to lead. He could win this race from either way. Bit of value for me, the three American Alley. American Alley at $14 for Dan in the last. I'm with Monsieur Delacour, so hopefully we can get out. Final break, come back, best bets, and a very, very brief look at the top racing at headquarters tonight as well. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. I've been seeing that. Alejandro, Lady Gaga. Um, my best bet. It's amazing because I had to prosecute the case. And you've worried me with a box of chocolates. I'm making Treacherous Rock my best now because I had to work so hard um, to make the case. Yeah. So it's my best now, Dan. What's yours? Uh, race four, number five, El Camino. There are a few shorties that I do think can win, so I was just trying to find the one at the right price. And even though it's two dollars, I actually thought it, you might get a little bit better still. Race four, number five, El Camino. I, I thought value-wise, American Alley might be worth a dollar a win, four dollars a place scenario. So it's my value bet. And I'll have Monsieur Delacour as my value. Now tonight, Moosekin and RC Phoenix in the Need for Speed Prince final reckons it gets to the pegs first. Have you got one best you can give us for tonight as well? I like uh, the locomotive, race three, horse number 12, bred to be anything, and the way it's going, it might well be. La Cucaracha has done an all right job as a race horse and, uh, and a dam, hasn't she, Dan? Yeah, certainly has, and she's got another really good one on her, on, uh, on her hand she's produced here. I'll tell you what, that is about as enjoyable a 90 minutes as you can have. I feel like I've been at the bar and I've, we're, get, we're getting paid for it. I, think, I hope we are. I'll check it out soon. Thanks very much, Dan. My pleasure, Jase. Friday, form panel, done and dusted. Au revoir. Enjoy the rest of the programming on SEN Track today. And hopefully, back some winners. God bless.